0: The Zone Coverage Podcast Network. Hey, yeah,
2: Yeah. I feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter.
1: This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by zonecoverage.com and the Zone Coverage Podcast Network. I'm here with Charlie Johnson. And, Charlie, this feels like a podcast where you record it. And then you immediately uh, regret recording it because some <laughs> news came out that completely makes the podcast irrelevant. Um, like Jordan Bell
2: being signed by the
1: Timberwolves. Well, we we know that that's um, not <laughs> exciting. Uh, but I don't. And then they just so we're recording this right now. It's five o'clock on Monday, so I'm sure the, a web will continue to spin off of this. Uh, the trade that they just made for Shabazz Napier and Travion Graham. Uh, that is part of the facilitation of the D'Angelo Russell uh, sign and trade with the warriors. There's as, as of right now, there's no, um, what the wolves are sending back yeah, to them is not, is not included. So I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like we shouldn't even dwell too much on that other than pointing out that Napier and Graham are on non-guaranteed contracts, which make them a trade tool or, good, cheap play- players who are solid for essentially the veteran minimum for both mm-hmm. of them. So um, we'll see where that goes. What we do know, at we know for a fact, not just because it's 5 o'clock, it's that D'Angelo Russell is not on the Minnesota Timberwolves and that he was acquired by the Golden State Warriors out of seemingly nowhere on the first night of free agency. And uh, it's just um, – really this is – just a, uh, it's kind of like this conflation of the NBA's collective bargaining agreement is just really confusing, and the nature of this, where you know there's a bunch of congruent moves happening at the same time, make it so we, it, it's it's hard to wrap your your head around I- exactly what's happening, and um, you know just on the surface it kind of seems like you know. How did the wolves get outbid for D'Angelo? Like they were supposed to be the team. Here they were his team. Like da 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 da. Mm -hmm. But it's that's that's how this works right now in the the reporting of it. We don't know. You don't know everything that is happening and is going on. What you do know is that to complete a sign and trade, the player needs to choose the team he's going to. Yep. And that's ultimately the um, the crux of this deal and the reason why he's not on the Timberwolves. It wasn't, it it was just that. That's, that's why for, for a sign of trade to happen, the the contract of the player in this case, D'Angelo Russell need to be mutually agreed upon between both teams. Uh, That was his maximum contract four years, 117 million. You have to check that box. Second box you have to check is the asset compensation sending back to Brooklyn um, in, in that deal. As it turned out with golden state, that was a first round pick. And then also, you have to compensate the third team who's taking on the salary uh, for, for doing that. As For Golden State, they gave them Andre Iguodala, and I think it'll end up being Sean Livingston, and they attached another first-round pick there too. Box one, box two, and then box three is, uh, is DeAndre Russell agreeing to go there? Yep. Uh, the Wolves had box one and box two in place um, with they were willing to pay DeAndre Russell that amount of money. They had um, moves in line once – if they had Russell's commitment to, to come, that they would have been able to, to send out the necessary amount of money for it to happen. But because box three did not come to fruition, the Wolves were left at that moment empty-handed. No Joel Russell. They didn't have to in, in advance you know, trade Jeff Teague or Andrew Wiggins or Gorgie Jang or whatever – they only had to do that if Russell agreed to yep. come to Minnesota. What a bummer. <laughs> yeah.
2: what a bummer. All of it was just a bummer.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's obviously multiple angles to it. I, I understand I understand the frustration of the fan base, you know, getting their hopes up for something. I mean, in the, the front office, really pumped this out as there was a whole bunch of steam that th- there was there was interest and that. Uh, a, a connection there. It really, it really was close, but then a, as it works, it's it's not until the deal is not is not finalized until the deal is finalized. Yeah, the Warriors came in and they, once they knew KD was gone, they're like, all right, we need to make a contingency plan. And for them, their contingency plan was D'Angelo Russell. Mm-hmm. They went and got him. And we should point out because I keep getting a million different questions about this is that D'Angelo Russell cannot be traded to the Timberwolves. I know Mark Stein is reporting that he is eventually going to be traded, but a player required in a sign-and-trade cannot be traded in that same offseason. So at a minimum, DeAndre Russell is on the Golden State Warriors until December 15th mm-hmm. of 2019. So I, I, that's that, that something might still come together as a pipe tra- it, it cannot happen. But, we,
2: yeah, we have some closure for now. Yes. So you are pr- you're quite confident that, the Wolves had the deals in place to clear up the space they needed to either sign D'Angelo Russell or to complete a sign-and-trade for him? Both. Um, at, yes, a, a lot. It was before before free
1: agency began, which could have shuffled the deck up a little bit, um, but they had, and it wasn't that much. I mean, it, it, I don't know the specifics of what it would have cost to get off of Jeff Teague in, in that example, but we can draw the parallel of what, Andrea Godala was dumped to the Grizzlies yeah. for. And that was a 2024 first-round
2: pick. And Harkless now. Yeah, Mo was dumped for a first-round pick as well. Yeah, today. like yeah.
1: it's – I think that's just probably about that what that would have cost. And then uh, the, the compensation to Brooklyn for facilitating the sign-and-trade would have been another first.
2: I ask because one really interesting thing to me throughout the day yesterday, and even in the weeks leading up to the draft, while the conversation – from a lot of smart people was about the fact that the Wolves had confidence that they could land. Russell had the the, the the requisite trade partners in line to pull that off, but it never once got leaked what those side deals would have looked like. Where, where who was the team that was interested in Jeff Teague or Andrew Wiggins? Who is the team that, you know, there was so much reporting about the fact that that was going to be easy, but that it never once leaked who that was going to be was weird to me. And that gave me pause about the whole thing actually coming to fruition, which it never did. I mean, do you think that
1: that would leak? I mean Yeah, everything leaks. But they don't they didn't have to do that until they had Russell, you know, set up. And technically technically as we're learning with Golden State right now as it's manifesting, is that the whole deal doesn't need to be all worked out in that Mm -hmm. in that split second right there. They have until July sixth for it to To come together. Yeah. So like golden state has not reportedly put together the exact offer of the dumping of money of, of Iguodala in this case. And that's where the wolves would have been too, is that they would have had confidence in, in making, in making that happen Uh, is that they could have, they could have put it together. Yeah. And, um, it just would have cost somewhere around a first round pick. But as I understand it, they they have, were confident that they had a path
2: to making to making that work. I think that's a good point. That it doesn't necessarily have to be in line like at the moment of the transaction. It just made it seem like everything was coming from the Wolves' side since it was just all so rosy. Which just kind of gave me pause throughout the day because... No, I think it's fair. Things, things do just generally leak. But I, I think you make a good counterpoint. It's... And I don't know, it, may, it
1: might not be something we ever know the exact, you know, the exact details to, but it was um I mean I, I, I think the, the one thing I'm very positive of is that this wasn't just some like fake aggression or fake yeah. intrigue. In, yeah. In D'Angelo Russell, they um they very much did put forth the effort to make it happen. And while again, I understand why the fan base is upset it didn't it didn't occur, it's just it's just very important to understand that D'Angelo Russell, he has to, he is yeah. part of this calculus and it's, it's weird. It's like, it's almost like a no trade clause or something where he gets to choose where he's going. And, um, because it had, I mean, for the wolves, it was going to be a sign of trade because in that case, they only had to give up 21.8 million. They only had to cut 21.8 in salary or send it somewhere else. Whereas if they needed cap space, they would have had to cut 33.2. And that's just, why would you take that path? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you would also had to have renounced Tyus Jones Mm -hmm. and all of their other free agents. Like the sign and trade was the path. Mm -hmm. So they were just waiting. They were waiting on Russell to make a decision, and he chose the Golden State Warriors over the Minnesota Timberwolves. Like, hard to be mad at him. (laughs) Right. I mean, I I certainly you know understandable in that capacity. And even though Kat did an Instagram story and all this other, there was a helicopter and all these different things like just at the end of the day it didn't it didn't come together because Russell chose
2: Golden State. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, I mean, at least in my opinion, there are like things that you can quibble about. But this was just a very pragmatic, aggressive approach by the front office just like they said they were going to going to do to get a star player and mm-hmm. they they missed out on it and it's kind of like this, this might just be the Wolves' M.O. for a while, is that they're going to be in the news a lot, just like you see with the Houston Rockets. They sure. were all over the news around Jimmy Butler, around completing a side and trade for Jimmy Butler from the 76ers. And that didn't work out. Jimmy Butler went to the heat. And now I'm sure Rockets fans are frustrated as well because they got their hopes up for Jimmy Butler. And, you know, their are Gerson is old team, so that's a natural comparison to make. But those things might just keep happening with the Timberwolves just because of who their front office is now. And I think that on some level, that's just a good thing, that they're willing to do what it takes, that they're willing to, yeah, you can like make a meme around the helicopter ride, but it's hard to imagine a lot of past front offices with the Timberwolves doing things like that.
1: No, I agree. It's, I, I guess the, the pushback that I can understand from the fan base is why did you make it so public? And and that's what I'm I'm trying to decipher is was there a strategy to making it as public as it was? I, I mean, it, Russell took Minnesota had a very, you know, it was very, yeah, very absolutely. much out there. And and y- so you have to think there's there's a strategy to all this stuff getting mm-hmm. out there. Um, whether it be you know, put you know, as the executives yourselves trying to make it position yourself in some sort of way or, or agents and, and this and that. And I, I think people are frustrated with, with the front office for putting it out there as much as they did, but it's also hard to know exactly where all the steam absolutely came from, you know, in, and, in the first place. And like, let's also point out that cat.
2: Yeah. That's what I was, cat very say.
1: much fanned the flames here with this or yeah. S- if the frustration is about the- into a microphone or whatever. Yeah.
2: It, like you literally said, yeah. If the frustration is around the publicity of it all, I think, if anything, it will just be a lesson for Carl Anthony Towns that maybe you can recruit without advertising it, basically. Right. Um, But this was what, you know, Carl Anthony Towns wanted. And I at least don't think that as it relates to him, the conversation should now be pushed toward like, oh, you know, now Kat's going to be pissed and he's going to leave because... They did everything they could to go get his guy. And like mm-hmm. you said, D'Angelo Russell just chose the Warriors. If Carl Anthony Towns wants to be irked with anyone, it should just be D'Angelo Russell, but, not the Timberwolves. And,
1: like, it, there, there, there's a downside to having acquired D'Angelo Russell too. I mean, I, I was on board with it and I got it. Like, I, I, think, I think it's something you go do because you, you have to look at the roster as it's set and you're like, how does this team get better? You know, how does this team get better when you're you're looking at years of Wiggins and Jang on the books with Kat? And Russell wasn't the perfect fit, but it made sense as someone to go get at the maximum. But that's like the glass half full look at it. There was a half empty way where this wasn't just like, this wasn't just a no-brainer. If it would have been Teague that they would have used in the sign and trade, you would have been left with Kat, Wiggins, and D'Lo all on max contracts mm-hmm. for the next four years and Kat for five. I mean, it would have been like, you would have been paying those three over the next four years, like $370 million. That's and, too much. Yeah. And then people be like, well, that's because Wiggins is involved in it. It's like, yeah, Wiggins is not worth the max. I agree. No, we're close. Um, but it's still, it's still a very large commitment to D'Angelo Russell, who um, would have not been perfect. Yeah. He, he isn't, He obviously not like Catworths, you go okay. We, we signed cap for the maximum. We we still know this is a very positive value contract. You sign D'Angelo Russell to the max, and you hope it becomes, mm-hmm. you know, a a neutral sort of move. Again, I I think it made sense. Uh, two firsts, you know, it, it's close. You if, if you're giving up two free future first round picks to be to be dumping money, and and you're giving the max, like that's a lot to give up. And it just like the the Warriors are being. I think rightfully questioned for making the moves themselves. Yeah. The move themselves, because now they're going to have to shed a bunch of salary because they become hard cap by making this move as the wolves would have as well. Like it, it, it just getting D'Angelo Russell was, was not a no brainer. And I don't, and so I, I think there is, there's reason to be upset, but there is another like path, maybe not immediately this free agency, but another path for, something else similarly good like if they got if they got to the 1 yard line in a summer where they had 63 million dollars tied up in salary for next year to Andrew Wiggins, Gorgie Jang, and Jeff Teague like if anything i i what i'm taking away from this offseason is that it's it's easier than you might than i was assuming it would be to make an impact move when you're that screwed in cap space
2: and yeah i don't know i mean i don't so, want, So how does that make you then kind of with that mindset, knowing that this front office has now proven like at a 100% clip that they're going to be aggressive. How does that make you think that they'll proceed for the rest of this off season? Yeah. So that's the, what's next question. Well, we we don't need to like dive into it, but I think it's interesting because immediately after Russell to the Warriors Mm -hmm. news broke, I, that was my first thought is okay. Well kind of what's plan B for the Timberwolves and I was excited to see what that would be, assuming that they kind of had it right in line. But then, the way that but there needs to be like
1: a the D'Angelo Russell situation was a unique one because he was literally being pushed out the door mm-hmm. by Brooklyn because they needed that cap space for KD and Kyrie. There's not a there's not another player at Russell's no. you know caliber who you can just be like, all right let's still try and clear the money. Let's still, and let's do a new, new different sign and trade. Like I was just going through it before this and I put a list together of guys who are like, you know, making around 20, $25 million Mm -hmm. that, you know, would, would fit that high end talent type of guy that, that Gerson Rosas is, you know, has said that they're trying to get. And it just, it's really hard to. Yeah, totally. It's really hard to find another one. Like I'm just list a couple off, like, I'm going to start from the bottom because the first two are former Timberwolves um, <laughs> in the alphabetical order. But there's uh, there's Bradley Beal, and yep. obviously that's one people are going to talk about. And I think, uh, you know, that would be the most attractive. But you would need to be paying a lot more for that mm-hmm. than you would have for D'Angelo Russell because the Nets had moved on for Russell in the sense that they literally weren't going to bring him back. So it was not going to cost – it wasn't going – you weren't going to have to pay a lot – for him Bradley Beal the the Wizards have Bradley Beal and like Bradley Beal and see him as a very positive asset you would need to pay a lot to go to go get him far more than you would need to pay for D'Angelo Russell now I think he's a much better player and he's on he's on a better contract two years and 56 million left
2: um but it's, it's pretty apples and oranges. Totally. Yeah. Given the context. Totally. And I was less referring to like, which superstar can they, you know, just do the Teague trade that they have. But, but I think up. we
1: should check that box off of yeah. like,
2: like that's a logical,
1: that's like the logical connection to be like, yep. What else would be? And I'm just, I'll rip through these. Yeah. Um, yes. I put down Zach Levine, Kevin Love, Blake Griffin, Chris Paul. I put on Miles Turner, Danilo Gallinari, Steven Adams, um, DeMar DeRozan and then I put in John Wall. Yeah, like it's none of them are guys that you're gonna get that excited about. Well, and they're all making a ton of money, mm-hmm. and the teams that are currently they're currently under contract, and those teams have less incentive to get off of, you know, that player.
2: Yeah, and I totally agree that that's like the important next box to check. But my mind, I kind of assumed that's not gonna be where they go next because there isn't like an obvious, you know, person B. But then I was thinking, okay, what are they going to do? Is it, you know, go try to get, just to throw out names, Ricky Rubio and Pat Beverly and Jermichael Green, or is it going to be, you know, try to do a bunch of one-year deals? But then to see today them wait for kind of this D'Angelo Russell minutia to sort itself out and then go get... Shabazz Napier and Travion Graham, and then to sign Jordan Bell, who the Warriors before yesterday were probably unclear whether they were going to bring back. It just makes it seem like there wasn't a you know, lot like a plan B that was set in stone for the Wolves. They missed out on D'Angelo Russell and then a little bit. It seems like they kind of went, oh, what are we going to do now? I, I just think what plan B was was just –
1: before the Deandre Russell thing was even a thing, yeah, you know, you know, month a month ago, the Wolves were entering free agency, over six million dollars over the cap, and with some crappy contracts on the books, which meant the off season looked like as you and I have been talking about for months. In that like more traditional off season, it was like okay, you got the mid level, like nine million dollars to work with, and maybe you bring back one or two guys from last season's team. Like that's an incumbent free agent, in that being Tyus, you know Taj Gibson, Derek Rose, something like that. So I, I think it's it's just kind of back. It's back to that is the most likely path mm-hmm. of they're going to find a way to use nine million dollars. Which, for the record, Jordan Bell doesn't count as because he's on a minimum. They didn't have to use.
2: Oh, is that right? Yeah, that got reported.
1: Minim- it's it's the minimum. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Um, that is good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but yeah. So now it's. Finding a way to use that nine million, yeah, and, and maybe we just haven't gotten to
2: those free agents yet. Like as well, we- and I also
1: just got a pin in this Napier Graham thing. Like the you acquire two players who have a non like a special sort of non guarantee where they're super like they're super cheap, which makes them kind of attractive, and then they're also attractive in the sense that they're this non guarantee. It's like what we were talking about with Cam Reynolds, mm-hmm. which is a whole another like. Don't understand what happened there, why they just waived him when his contract was not, was not guaranteed. But whatever. You, when you have that type of contract, it's something you know, you can use in another, another trade to yep. be outgoing salary that that team doesn't actually necessarily have to take
2: on because they can just waive him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would have to be by July 11th because I saw that yeah. that's the guarantee date on both of those contracts. Yes, July 10th, I think. But yeah, Okay, whatever. sure, yeah. So soon. Very soon. So that'll be interesting to follow.
1: Well, I mean, it, I think this is going... I mean, this is definitely going to play out in the, the next... I don't even think it will get to, like... like July 6th is when the moratorium ends, where the mm-hmm. these moving pieces, signing trades, need to be, like, cemented by. And um, it's it's just a very... It's a very complicated summer in that sense where just put together a four-team Jimmy Butler deal and, yeah. and all of this where teams there's all these free agents out there and not necessarily teams with the space. So you're finding, you know, manipulations to the, the system, which is the sign and trade to be able to, to make that happen. And uh, there's just, I think there's going to continue to be a lot of moving pieces, but the wolves provided they don't get in on one of those big expensive guys that I just listed off. It's hard for me to, you know, theorize what, what the move is other than just, using that mid level on one or two free agents and then potentially bringing back Tyus Jones and this and that. I know this that's all this is all probably feeling very flat yeah no compared it, to it Dan is. Russell it is yeah. but like that's a salary cap environment and that's we knew that we've known that that this team was coming into the offseason way over the cap it's a product of making terrible signings in 2016 to Jang and Wiggins and then way overpaying Teague and giving him a player option in the third year of that deal. Like you're in a totally different situation. If you give him, if that's a team option or whatever. I mean, it's,
2: (laughs) those were terrible contracts Thibodeau gave out and now it's, you're just kind of sitting in it. Mm -hmm. Well, it's flat and it's a bummer because I mean, through the aggression, you lose out on like some productive players. Like you, you trade Dario Saric to move up for Jarrett Culver. Like, I mm-hmm. I like that play, but Dario Sarch is a solid member of this roster. Right. Um, in kind of waiting for D'Angelo Russell, now I don't know if Derrick Rose or Taj Gibson were going to be back. But in in your play for D'Angelo Russell, you kind of had to let them go because they got signed right away. Right. So like while all of this aggressiveness has been playing out, I mean the Timberwolves have been getting worse while the rest of the West has been getting better. So in that sense, mm-hmm. in in an immediate no, sense, it's, it's very flat.
1: Yeah, like it. it, it this has been underwhelming thus far. And I just think I think that if Russell wasn't going to happen, then it was going to be an underwhelming Mm offseason. That's because of the cap situation. And because I can't at least find another real option for how they would make a real big impact type of move. Now, again, bring up the Napier and the Grant thing that kind of suggests that maybe there's something in the works or they're at least going to try. But I I think it was an unfair expectation to think that the Wolves were going to come out of the offseason with way more talent than they went into it.
2: Yeah, one thing that I've been trying to kind of think about through all this is how would you be evaluating Gerson Rosas if none of the D'Angelo Russell buzz had ever started? Mm -hmm. Because, like, I do just like the aggressive nature of all of it, and I like it. For me, it bothers – draft night bothers me more than this. Why? Because,
1: um, I think like trading up to four. It made for for me. It made more sense to get up to four, so you could get Darius Garland, a point guard, more of a need. Um, but kind of regardless, I didn't really see the logic in needing to move up. Yeah, I know you if, didn't. If you're gonna have to attach assets to it, so that one seemed more whimsical to me. It was like we're moving up, no matter what, because because we want to move up and we want one of these six guys. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I think as it, Garland goes five and all of a sudden six is back on the market and like they're trying to trade that again, like that seemed far more like grasping at strings to me. And, you know, what Rosa said that night after the draft is he's like, you know, don't assess this until it's all kind of done.
0: Mm-hmm. Like...
1: Until the roster is set on October first. Like there's more moves coming. Um so you kinda of parlay that into I haven't really seen other moves yet, or I don't know where those are gonna come from. And I just I don't I just don't love the I I don't love the process of that. Whereas with Russell, I get it. It was like let's try and make a, a power move to get a good young twenty three year old who is far less of a question mark than Jared Culver is mm-hmm. just cuz inherently Culver's never played in the NBA before and Deandre Russell was like pretty good last year. Yeah. Um and like I don't think they like bungled getting Russell or missing on Russell like it no. was a it was a tall task and when the, like I said they got to the one yard line on and then the Warriors came in like I don't that one doesn't seem like as whimsical to me. I don't, know, I keep saying whimsical, but you yeah. know what I mean by that?
2: Yeah. And I can see why kind of some of the reporting makes all the draft night stuff feel whimsical. And I think it definitely did on some level, but without having any inside knowledge, I just have the most difficult time believing that this front office didn't assess uh, the scenario where Jared Culver was, who landed at six and that was who they wound up with. I just, I believe that they knew that was a possibility mm-hmm. and they felt they would be happy and comfortable without out, with that outcome happening. So mm-hmm. I can kind of understand the logic. And like Rosas consistently says, the draft is a three- or four-year process for us. He's trying to do on that night what he can to make the Timberwolves, the, the 2022 Timberwolves, the best mm-hmm. that they can be and kind of exchanging Saric and the 11th pick for somebody with more upside gave him more confidence in that scenario, but I, I do see what you mean. And when all of these, those two things, draft night and this whole D'Angelo Russell thing are looked at in tandem, it both gives off the idea of like, yeah, this front office is definitely going to be aggressive, which I think is a good thing, but it also like is, is drenched in this like confusion around like, well, is Jarrett Culver like here to stay is Shabazz Napier here to stay? Like, who's going to be playing on this team? Well, to like, that extent, that's
1: why I think it was fair to say, wait,
2: yeah, like let's let's
1: assess this
2: when it's done. Yeah, like, but but you're used to the draft being done when the press conference yeah. starts on draft night. But but that's that's a <laughs> league. The, the league is
1: a stupid rule where like it it can't be completed until July 6 because mm-hmm. Phoenix needs to have cap space to be able to yep. take on Darius. I mean, it's all it's a bad infrastructure Mm -hmm. for clarity. It just is like they didn't intentionally make a trade to draft a player that they couldn't introduce. And now we're going to have to do it at a weird press conference in Vegas at summer league. Like (laughs) it's, it's all a muck. Yep. And I mean, that's something that I think needs to be, find a way to be handled in the next collective bargaining agreement. But it,
2: I don't know. I think my point in general is it's just a very different feel with this front office where, and that's, that's a good thing to have a different feel from Mm -hmm. a Timberwolves front office is a good thing, but to kind of be looking, we don't think that it's necessarily like, we're not grading this front office with an A. No. Like we're giving
1: an A for aggression. Not like, not just like a grade A. Yeah. It's, we don't know anything yet. Undetermined
2: grade. I just,
1: I'm like, okay, right now what's really What are the things that have actually for sure happened? You traded up from eleven to six, you paid Dario Sarge to get Jarrett Culver. Like, for me, I'm like, okay, that's fine. Like, that's not, not like home run. Mm-hmm. You nailed that. And then what else has happened? You signed Jordan Bell on the minimum. That's it. Blah. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't care. Yeah, that's a minimum player. I there's, everything else is, noise in the wind blowing around, and it would have been cool if you would have gotten Deandre also because the Wolves would have been better next year. If they had D'Angelo Russell, but there's just so much like context in the minutia of the situation that we don't have all the details to that make it really hard, you know, to assess. And which even beyond that, it's stupid to assess things until years after they Mm -hmm. come together, like because it could end up have been an awesome trade if D'Angelo Russell Ends up being like the third best point guard in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Three years from now, it's like, oh my god, that totally saved the, you know, save the franchise. But what if D'Angelo Russell w- like flattens out? Yeah, and and he isn't like the player he was this past season. Or the Brooklyn system was really what was boosting him up. And then all of a sudden, three years from now, you're like, man, Russell's all right. Like he's a good starter. But now it's 2022, and we're paying him like 33 million. Like. That kind of stinks.
2: Yeah. You know, like, there's... I mean, Wolves fans know what it's like to, <clears throat> to have their team offer someone a max contract up with the expectation that they're going to grow into it. Mm-hmm. Like, you give out max contracts confidently to players like Carl Anthony Towns, who have already proven to be maximum caliber players. The, historically, the trickiest contract
1: and the riskiest one in the NBA, in all facets, is the deal immediately following your rookie contract the restricted free agency deal. And it's because, I mean, obviously the downside of it, we've learned is with Wiggins and Jang. Like you just said, you're paying them for what you assume they're going to be, which means you're accepting risk Mm -hmm. in the scenario. Otherwise, I mean, another way you can go is you can sign some guy to an extension after, you know, after that rookie deal and – they become a player who's worth way more than you sign the – like a Josh Richardson or mm-hmm. something. Like Miami signed him on a super, you know, a super cheap deal, and now he's probably worth double that yep. if you were to hit the market again. It's it's the riskiest contract that you can sign a player to, and you know, being as Russell's was at the max, it's even riskier. Yes. Yeah how much How much higher can your value really be than a maximum contract?
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, unless you're a superstar, like a super superstar, not that much higher. Right. But we are, I think, starting to get to the point where we're getting close to being able to evaluate the soft season because they're just – I mean, the running out of free agents, we're running out of free agents, and I'm starting to get nervous that once Kawhi picks where he's going to go, the rest, whether it's the Clippers or the Lakers, the rest of the good free agents are going to go to the other one because they have a lot of cap space and no one else does. But the Wolves never really had the possibility to get a really good, even the Jamichael Greens, yeah, sure, like those kind of players who you'd be excited about for the Timberwolves are may have better. Options with those teams. But, anyways, I think the only thing they could really do to make this like a kind of franchise shifting offseason would be to trade Andrew Wiggins. And mm-hmm. that is becoming increasing or looking increasingly unlikely just as other teams fill out their rosters. So, we're getting to the point where, you know, how much can they do to really, really change what's already happened? Well, and that, I mean, to, to go in on that rabbit hole
1: for a little bit, it's like, now you got Zach Lowe talking about how he could be moved for as a neutral asset maybe. And then people begin taking that as truth and maybe it is true. And then it's like, why weren't we on the horn with the Knicks? They had $70 million of cap space. Like wouldn't have they taken it or, you know, Memphis or whoever And there's like, there's a frustration in that. But even the way Zach Lowe put it was, he wasn't reporting something. He was making a bet with one executive, who thought that the wolves could get off of him.
2: And Low laughed like he he made a bet because he yeah. thought that it was bogus. Like he thought Wiggins wouldn't be able to be moved for a quote unquote neutral asset.
1: And I, you and I were we were texting about this the other day. Is it, when I was at summer league last year. Granted, it was a, a year, literally one year before Andrew Wiggins had the worst year of his career. I, you're just you're so as a media member there you're in such close proximity to other you know league executives who work in front offices around the league and you just get into all these different conversations and it's like oh yeah i cover the wolves and then you start having a conversation about oh what like what's carl anthony Towns' ceiling or like mm-hmm. how good is tyus jones da, da, da. and then for me in those every single one of those conversations I'd get in with a bunch of different people it was every time I'd ask about Andrew Wiggins, what, what would, what would the wolves need to attach to Andrew Wiggins to get off his contract? Because rewind a year ago, it was still an onerous contract where you're like, wish this wasn't on the books. Mm-hmm. And every single person I talked to there said you could get off of You could get off of Andrew Wiggins for a, t- a young, a team that's young and has cap space would take on Andrew Wiggins at that contract. Every person did. And I was like, what? no way. But to a man, they, they all said that. And they're like, yeah, it's not like he's worth $25 million in the traditional sense. But if you're a team, you know, who uh, Phoenix was one that they, a lot of people threw out. They're like, if you're Phoenix, you know you're going to be bad for a couple of years. And you don't really have a path to attract a traditional max player. You go out and get a guy who you think could become that. And um, that always shocked me and it was always something I hung on to, but I'd also kind of let go of because the Andrew Wiggins of the 2018-19 season, which followed those conversations, was so much worse. I was like, well, now, like, no way, right? Yeah. And then, and then there's that Woj conversation. So I don't know. It, it's hard because we all think Wiggins stinks, the people who watch him, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, but When I say we, is like, you know, yeah. Wolves fans are extremely frustrated with him, think he stinks, it's nowhere near that contract. But that might not be the reality to all of the other 29 teams in the league.
2: Yeah, no, totally. So it's so interesting, though. If, if all the buzz was that the Wolves could have gotten off of Andrew Wiggins in over the past two weeks, like that that would have been a, a realistic possibility, are we to assume now... Since it seems like, or are we to assume if Andrew Wiggins doesn't get traded in the next week, are we to assume that Rosas and his front office were only willing to trade him if it meant that D'Angelo Russell was coming? Wouldn't that be the logical I think so, yes. I rationale? think Rationale? So. Well, interest. I mean, that's just interesting.
1: I, it is. And I don't, I mean, you need to like process that. So, yeah. like, I, I think this aggression, that the word aggression, all of that, like, it was aggression for something that they really liked and DeAndre Russell happened to be something they really liked so yes to your point i don't think they just want to get off of Andrew Wiggins to get off of Andrew Wiggins they want to get off of Andrew Wiggins if it means they get something it it can allow them to get something else they really like mm-hmm. that would be my assumption yeah and from i i from it, it's it's confusing there were so many different things going on last night and we're recording this not even 24 hours after a free agency officially started, but I, it wasn't like they had a deal in place to dump Andrew Wiggins just to dump him. It seemed it it seemed to be that it was only in connection
2: to if the Russell deal was happening. So then why was all the Teague talk? If they were going to dump Wiggins to get Russell, what was all the Teague talk? I think I was the Teague talk. I think <laughs> I just spoke that into No, I'm
1: serious, dude. It's like That's I true. said I that mean, I I mean I've been – I've said that on like six straight podcasts because that was something that made sense to me. Mm -hmm. But I think that's what we're like—that's a product of what's happening here. Is people are buying into narratives, or maybe I mean you are because literally I talk to you about Teague all the time, and you start subconsciously putting it into your brain as, "Well, there's talk of trading Teague." Yeah,
2: I don't know if there was for sure talk of trading Teague, and I'd have to go back and look at all the reporting to see who else talked about that. But all I reported was that they had
1: a deal in place to get off of the money which can mean a bunch of different things. You know what it can mean? It could mean a deal that stems off of Robert Covington. Mm-hmm. He could be the thing. It's not just definitely Teague, Wiggins, or Jang. Yeah, The money, quote-unquote, could have been Covington. All it needed to be was $21.8 million. I had to find a way to do that. And it's just, we don't know. No. And more plugged-in reporters than myself across the league and in this market, like John Krasinski hasn't reported anything of what the specifics of that were either. He said... He hasn't seen anything on on Wiggins specifically being in there too, but that he also posited that the Wolves were in place to pounce at Russell if the opportunity presented itself. Isn't that...
2: S- <laughs> on- I'm gonna go down a rabbit hole again. I don't. We don't need to. Talk okay, about rabbit this hole again. pod. But isn't that isn't that some on some level interesting that it was like taken as fact that the wolves had these deals in place to to make Russell happen, but no one can figure out what they were. Well, I think we said this before too. As I think they, they would have figured it out after the trade. They would have figured it out by July 6th. Sure. Okay. If that's just the answer. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that's. Yeah. To me, that's what the answer is. Yeah. That, and that—that's probably fair. It's just interesting to me. It's just
1: interesting because of this this weird thing called the moratorium, where mm-hmm. everything stops for six days, and then a new year starts. And it's like it's weird. Yeah, it's just weird, and it makes it just more confusing to to put together. And I just I think that's what was that's what was happening here. And ultimately, it didn't matter because one of the three boxes that needed to be checked was not checked because D'Angelo Russell had eyes for the Golden State Warriors. Yep. That's, I think it's as simple as that.
2: But I I will go back to I'm very impressed with saying the effort almost sounds sarcastic or cynical, mm-hmm. but I'm really impressed with the effort that went in, into all this to get to the one-yard line, as you well, put okay. it. okay, I mean,
1: before the Russell stuff, I mean, you and I have been, because the Wolves stunk during the regular season, we've been talking about the offseason forever, right? Mm-hmm. And we've been talking about hypothetical, different paths of different things they can do, ways they can add to it never once did us as fake armchair GMs just sitting here with microphones in front of us. Did we ever really throw out the idea of something this aggressive? No, it wasn't even on our radars as a possibility. We thought like we thought like the home run off season was like nailing Patrick Beverly at the mid level exception. Yeah. The, the, their books were that bad that it made it hard to even paint an optimistic picture of aggression. And I think what Rose has tried to do is try and find one of those. And they didn't, they didn't get there. Yep. Not this time at this time. And I, I don't know. I'm like, maybe, maybe this is all just being perceived as like being forgiving of the front
2: office of this new front office and this and that, but it's just, the, it's the way I understand it to be. Well, look, I mean, did, did you not want him to go after? I, I, I get it on some level. The publicity of it makes it a big letdown. I do think that's more about Carl Anthony Towns than the front office. But, like, look, did you not want them to go after D'Angelo Russell? I understand being bummed out that it didn't work out, but would you have rather that there was no pursuit? Like, same can be said about moving up for Garland and or (coughs) or Culver. It's like, maybe you really like Dario Saric and you think that they should have extended him and thus it was a bad deal, but, like, Did you just not want them to do that at all? Like, I just don't, I I don't understand that. If you're, if you're asking, I know you're saying that more broadly, but if you're asking me, it, I wanted
1: them to go get D'Angelo Russell provided it didn't cost a bunch of assets to do so. Yep. And one example being needing to cut $35 million and $33 million in cap space to do so because, that would have had a really negative opportunity cost of the notion of you would have had to dump multiple contracts that I perceived to be, you know, bad contracts. I would think it would have taken numerous first round picks to get off of, and then you would have lost the rights to Tyus Jones and all your other free agents. Like, I didn't want them. To, I didn't think D'Angelo Russell was a good idea if they had to do that. I think there was a line where it very much made sense, if in the sign and trade, you were getting off of Jeff Teague, who was a player who didn't really fit, and you and you didn't have to give up that much to do so. Or if it was a sign-and-trade to get off of Andrew Wiggins, who I personally don't perceive to be a player who is worth close to that anywhere near that contract, I think it would have been good then, Mm -hmm. and I would have attached a little bit more assets Mm -hmm. to do that. And same with Gorgie Jang. I would put in a similar bit as that. But it all... Getting Deandre Russell, you don't just get Deandre Russell because he's out there. You don't. It
2: depends on... Everything else. Well, exactly. And even if your your opinion on the D'Angelo Russell pursuit is as nuanced as Danes is, like everything and I know you're not upset with the front office with all this. Like you you're not mad about it. But Pissed. they didn't do <laughs> they didn't do anything that you said. Like based on all of the parameters that you laid out, you would have no reason to be upset with what eventually happened. So mm-hmm. I don't think that being mad at the front office is it's at least not the response that I'm taking. So let's
1: let's do, draw the direct connection to what, what Golden State ended up doing for it, which was a 2024 future first, and we don't know the year is, but let's call it like a 2021st that they're sending to Brooklyn. Would have you thought that that would have been a good deal for the Timberwolves to do, giving up and the in the let's have the Andre Godal be Jeff Teague? Do you think that would have been a good trade in? Getting off of Jeff Teague and giving up two future firsts and bringing in DeAndre Russell at a max contract for four years and $117 million. Total of two
2: future firsts. One Total to get of off future. of Teague, one to yes. get Russell. Yeah, I would have done that deal. I would have too. Yeah. And I, to be honest, I think it probably would take more to get off of Teague than it did to get off of Andre Iguodala just because... I think Andre Iguodala is a better player. But, you know, maybe not. those point
1: guard contracts going on yesterday? That's
2: true. And Jeff Teague's a good player still, too. Like, it wouldn't have taken that much more. But, yes, to answer your question, I would have done that. And then it becomes
1: a home run if you're giving up two future firsts and it's Andrew Wiggins you're getting off of. Mm -hmm. And I would say it's a ground rule double if you're doing it and it's Gorgie Jing as the the piece going on in that situation. So I think we're on the same page. It was good, but it was (laughs) – It wasn't it didn't wouldn't have been the best thing ever if it had happened, which means for it to not happen makes it not the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Is what is the way is my read on the situation with the knowledge that I
2: have. Yeah. Well, it's just hard for something to be the worst thing in the world when none of us were contemplating <laughs> it like three weeks ago. When Gerson Rosses was fired. This was not part of the conversation. No, it's so, it's been this whole but it is, I mean, it is a bummer. Like, my it, it, expectations were up. Absolutely, yeah. And it would have been, yeah, way more exciting.
1: Um, you want to t- touch on Rose and Taj going elsewhere? So Interesting I guess that's kind of the um, other specifically Wolves-related moves from yesterday. I guess yeah. I just was pretty much all those guys who si- who signed for around the mid-level exception all went for... More than I thought. Yeah. I wouldn't have not Almost thought all that of them. Taj would have got and Taj and Derek included. Yep. I wouldn't have thought that Taj would have got that much and I didn't think Derek in, in annual salary, mm-hmm. Taj got two twenty and Derek got two fifteen.
2: Um those were those were a little bit more than I would have uh I just I just didn't <laughs> think Derek would get two years. Taj the the num- the annual salary is what really surprises me mm-hmm. that it was ten million dollars. D. Rose, I could have seen seven, eight million bucks, but two years was surprising to me just because of you his... just thought it would be one? Yeah, I just thought it would be one just because of his durability <clears throat> concerns. Which would make you think that in theory, he could have got more
1: than seven and a yeah. half on a one year.
2: Like one in ten or something. Right. Which that would have been more than I expected.
1: Right, right. Um, I guess the, you know, the trickle down of that is that the Wolves can't bring them back, of course. Mm-hmm. And they, they sit right now with, obviously, they have the entirety of their mid-level exception, $9.3 million. Also, what happened in the past day where all a million different things happened was the salary cap came in a little bit higher than expect, expected, and as did the, the luxury tax line. So the Wolves are nine point, have the 9.3 mid-level to spend, and they're 17.3 under the luxury tax. So I think now you're looking at optimistically finding a way to use all nine, three of that mid-level and also use the other six under the tax line to be able to bring back a Tyus or an Anthony Tolliver or a Luol Deng, those sort of guys. Like, is that kind of yeah the...
2: Yeah. I mean, this definitely makes it both the what happened with the Timberwolves yesterday, not getting D'Angelo Russell, losing Der- Derrick Rose, and not sending anyone else, and what the rest of the NBA did with going after point guards makes it seem extremely likely that Tyus Jones is back, at least in my mind. It's, it's hard to imagine the other team that's going to be out there pounding on his door. You think? Yeah. Who? I mean, who's, who's on your mind? I, I guess I don't have a specific team,
1: but... I'm more being influenced by what I've seen the other point guards go for.
2: That's true. Yeah. You know know what I'm saying? It would be weird if he was kind of the only one who was (laughs) left out to dry of that whole crop. Mm -hmm. And he's obviously a little, he's
1: on a a lower tier, certainly, than the Rubios, the Beverly's. Oh, my God. Darren Colson retired? How about that. Like, what? (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, it's, I still don't, I still don't have a good, Feel on what exactly his market is going to be. And if it is, I, I saw Bobby Marks, the amount he had down for him was eight to ten million. Yeah, I saw that. And I, I don't know. I'm not that seems a bit much to me. Uh for what I would be willing to pay. Me too. And I don't know. I, I my assumption would be that, that would be a lot for, for the wolves to pay too, because because then, are you able to use the mid-level? Like, does that preclude the Jermichael Green who we've talked about? Something like that? Like, I think it's going to be. I don't know. It's going to be indicative as to what they can do with that. I don't. I just. I wouldn't say it's extremely likely. Like, when you say extremely likely, what does that mean? You're anticipating him to be signed for?
2: Ah, uh, not a lot. I maybe. I don't. It's hard to guess. I just when you watch We're guessing. Yeah. Point guard by point guard gets signed by team after team after team. It just becomes like with every point guard that's signed, Tyus's odds of staying tick up at least. So maybe I was hyperbolic in my <clears throat> description. I just think it got more likely that Tyus is back next year I agree. based off I agree of what that. happened yeah. yesterday. So I think there's. Well, a- because Derrick Rose isn't coming back. Exactly. Yeah. So that and increases- Daniel Russell isn't coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So the- I think that. Jeff Teague's the only point guard, Jeff. Yeah, exactly. So I think that. <laughs> That makes me feel like there's a good chance that six million bucks in space is kind of going to be taken up on some level by Tyus Jones. I, mm-hmm. It would be hard for me to imagine them going over that to sign him, especially since now they could just like keep Shabazz Napier.
1: Mm-hmm. But
2: I would just guess that Tyus will be back.
1: Yeah. How about, how about no, you? no, I, I, I it, uh, I'll say I, I agree. It's it's more likely than not. I don't I don't have a like a I'm not gonna throw a percentage guess on it. I don't. I don't know. There's too many, too many moving pieces, and I'm now all I'm thinking about is Jordan Bell, and I'm seeing. I mean, people on Twitter are like celebrating Jordan Bell. Like, what? A, <laughs> what? <laughs> really?
2: <laughs> I mean, it's a minimum. It's actually it, it's a, a minimum, and so you you a young guy on a minimum who's got NBA experience isn't yeah. the end of the world. Stunk in the finals, but that was the finals. That's a minimum. I mean, it's just what uh,
1: I've said this a million times on a minimum. You're looking for a guy with one discernible
2: NBA skill. Which for Jordan Bell, that's dot, 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 <laughs> <laughs> So whatever. Be- I mean, being on the Warriors. <laughs> I'll,
1: you know what? I'll tell you what. I'm not going to write anything on them signing Jordan Bell.
2: <laughs> Good. <laughs> uh, whatever. Uh, they're – I don't know. It's – I mean, there's just got to be more coming. I tweeted this out today. I – I never expected the Wolves to run it back, but they've lost seven of their best 12 players by win shares from last season. Like, they need to add good players at this point, and it's looking harder. Which and makes harder you to think that, that something
1: is coming. Like, it, it Hopefully.
2: I mean, yeah. Then if. <laughs> Taj, Dario, Derek Rose. I mean, Tyus is still isn't back. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler was ninth in win shares last year. It's Anthony Tolliver and Luel Deng. I mean, seven of their best 12 players. I, I mean, I would just be shocked if there isn't a major... A major... And it has to be a major deal. Yeah. I won't... I'm,
1: I'm just, like, thinking about this on the spot, but, like... Yeah. yeah that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's... There... They're, it's fair... The only fair way to judge this is for us to wait. Yeah, exactly. And I'm I'm just going to hold on that, you know, for now and... And we'll see, but all because all that's happened thus far is Culver, which was minus Sarich and Jordan Bell, yeah, and <laughs> well, some non guaranteed contracts. I, I don't, I don't know. It's it's tough because so much happened yesterday. Yep, so many guys were picked up right away, but not a lot of them were the like half mid level guys we were talking about. You know, no, hardly and a any couple one. of them started tricking like. um Today, like Kaminsky came in, and yep, uh, was he two years ten or two ten? So yeah. he was room room. Yeah. A lot of guys are getting the room uh, room mid level exception, which is two ten, and that was like also what Robin Lopez signed for. Mm-hmm. I don't have a list in front of me, but some other guys too. Like, um, yeah, it's 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 definitely dried out at the top. Sands yeah. Kawhi, but I think there's you know there's still some some guys left in the middle, and I think there's still the possibility of some sort of trade yeah. happening like, simply by the notion of I just think they're going to try.
2: Yeah, I c- can't imagine they're doing anything else but looking at the most bold options right now because like we just laid out, they've lost half their team from last year and they have not replaced them.
1: What if, What if they just invested too much time in being bold?
2: That's possible. I mean, yeah.
1: that's what you're... That's draft night maybe. Yeah. Like, that's maybe a, that's what D'Angelo was. Like, that's a that's a possibility still yeah. too. Yeah,
2: and maybe that's worth it to you and you say, okay, if our aggression didn't pay off this year, we're going to do everything we can to keep the powder dry and at the trade deadline pounce then when, you know, the Warriors are thinking about trading D'Angelo Russell or the Wizards realize that, holy crap, like we can't do anything with just Bradley Beal. Like, maybe that's the play maybe you say if we weren't if our aggression wasn't going to pay off we didn't want to settle and mm. maybe that's their mindset but it's not going to make next year a lot more fun okay if the wolves were going to trade andrew
1: wiggins in just a getting off of him weird sort of deal i feel like this would be the arc of it where there's a lot of kind of waiting around stuff's weird mhm all of a sudden, you got some non-guaranteed guys, no other real moves, and it's just a lot of sitting and waiting until all of a sudden,
2: Andrew Wiggins is on the... Charlotte Hornets. Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, maybe. it's <laughs> the The whole idea that they're very motivated to trade Wiggins if it meant landing Russell, but not motivated to trade him if Russell wasn't coming is very interesting to me. Yeah, and I don't. I mean, I don't know that that's true. That's just like re- I don't either. Reading it's it's interesting.
1: It's just interesting. We're yeah. reading between the lines, and um, obviously now I'm reading between the lines too. Yeah. But there's also like some lines that are pretty drawn. Like why did Andrew take Timberwolves out of his bio
2: on Twitter? What do you what what's, <laughs> what's your take on the whole like? Angry Andrew, not angry, like sad Andrew Wiggins now. Um, I just, I think, I think that's a reaction of maybe
1: a 24 year old who's already kind of fed up with some stuff. Even if he knows his name is being shopped around, and he's like, I'm not going to represent this. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're maybe trading me, mm-hmm. I would. My my take would be, I don't think it definitely is a sign of things to come, but it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's been communicated to him that, yeah, I think they definitely have, I think they've definitely reading between the lines. I think they've definitely shopped him.
2: Yeah. Big time. Totally. And my take on if he's going to be back and if it's a bummer that like, he's angry at cat now or something like that is, I mean, without being like cynical is like, great. Like finally stop holding Andrew Wiggins hand. Yeah. Like we've talked about with moving him to the bench, like do something drastic, tr- drastic. And like, maybe his name being all out there in the news is a little bit drastic. Not that it hasn't been in the mm-hmm. past, but like to a new level where the team is kind of openly shopping you. Like I just with Andrew Wiggins, well, you just you don't know see what? how it can get worse. You know what?
1: <sighs> That's what happens all across right? the league, <laughs> yeah. all across the league. When you sign for a contract and you don't produce at the contracts level, you know what happens? Teams think about trading you. Of course. If they can, if, if there's another one of the teams out there
2: who thinks you're worth more than them, like, That's just like smart economics. Exactly. And Andrew Wiggins could be frustrated with Gerson (laughs) Rosas, but there's not really that much of a reason to be mad at Kat because it's not like, in all likelihood, Kat went and. Yeah, I'm not even really drawing that. Yeah. It's not like Kat said trade Wiggins, you know, to get D'Angelo Russell. Like there are, like you're laying out, there are plenty of other ways they could have gotten D'Angelo Russell. So if Wiggins wants to be mad at the front office, like, so be it.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, he. He has done very little to curry favor mm-hmm. in, in 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 his time here, and he got yeah, yeah. It would it's funny how much would the narrative in the eyes of the fan base, which is pissed off today, how quickly would that turn if Andrew Wiggins was dumped somewhere? Very quickly, like fan base wise. I just think. It, it wouldn't even matter like what's coming back. They just are want him not to be here because it, by association, and because they don't understand how sign and trade work, like they think they think that Andrew Wiggins is the reason that DeAndre Russell isn't on the team, and they really want D'Angelo Russell. Well,
2: actually, the the Wolves could have. I'm not suggesting this, but they could have waited to give Carl Anthony Towns his max contract. That would have helped things. Waiting to let him sign it this summer, right? No. Couldn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. But you got to give. Cap. I'm. I'm not suggesting. Okay, I, get what you're it saying. Again. I get what you're saying. Like there Is were plenty up? of ways. Like there are a lot of things to be mad about. I don't even think
1: that would have been that much because his cap hold still
2: would have been up there, like twelve or something. No,
1: no, way more. Like it would. Well, Russell's cap hold was 21, and Cat was the first pick, so it probably would have been like 25. True. That's true. And Cat's getting 27, so I don't think it would have made. I would, I don't think that's it true. Yeah, that's true. Much more. Isn't it just? there's such a web of a million different things. And that, you know, at the end of the day, that's why this is fun. And that's why, cause we're just talking about a Timberwolves web here. Yeah. There's 30 different <laughs> ones going on. And I'm like seeing all these moves and I haven't even had time to like process like, okay, Terrence Ross is back on the magic. Like, what does that even mean? I don't even know. Like you the, can't the Magic. <laughs> I don't know. Like you can't even <laughs> Alpha Camino is there too. Yep. That's one of my favorite deals thus far. Yeah. Yep. yeah let's, let's go through that really quick. I don't know. Where are we at? Like almost an hour. Um, you got any deals that you've really liked? No, I mean, I mean, who was them all.
2: <laughs> well, they were all pretty expensive. They were. Aminu was like the one who kind of stuck within that mid level range. Yeah, weird. Weird. He's a good to player. To Orlando. Yeah. When they've got like four guys who play his position. Yeah, they're a weird team. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. And like Rubio, that was more than I thought he would go 17. for. 17. 17 a year. I mean, I think he's a fine player, but that's a, that's a lot. It's a substantial portion of. Indiana's cap space. Have uh, no other ones in front of me here. What did I like?
2: Mm, Ronnie Hood got basically the whole mid-level. It was a little mm-hmm. bit more than we expected. A little bit more. Jeremy Lamb got more than the over mid-level. That. Yep. Uh, I liked Ennis Cantor to the Celtics today. I was just surprised that
1: happened so fast. That was another one of those room mid-level exceptions, 210. Oh, yeah, Yep. Yeah. Um, With a
2: player option
1: it was good in the playoffs. <laughs> well, how about before that? It's <laughs> not good. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, like I said, I haven't had a lot of time to really, you know, dig into the other things. It's just like stuck in d land,
2: but... I think it was interesting, like, the, in the run-up to free agency, there was a lot of talk about will, you know, with all this cap space around and all these free agent players, will there be, you know, will front offices have learned their lesson from 2016 or won't they have? Mm-hmm. And it seems like you know, there weren't. There I think were. they're over, still overpaying, but
1: they're not doing it on four-year contracts. Yeah, exactly. Like Taj Gibson. like the, I, mean, I don't know. That's not like that much of an overpay, but it's like a two-year deal. Yeah. Whereas feels like the 2016 version of that would have been like, well, let's give, give Taj 440. Yeah. Oh, totally. Rather than two. You know, that's just like yeah. a, little, a little different in that capacity. And yeah, many of like all the Knicks moves.
2: Yeah. Like, well, there were just, there weren't any like Mozgovs. I mean, really? No. Yeah. No, not at all. You know what I haven't talked about? Jimmy Butler. Yeah, how about not a, that? Not we, on the Sixers anymore. Wasn't all about the money, huh? Yeah, got that guy, man. <laughs> <laughs> what he in like, the world?
1: That, and then, and then <laughs> he, like, he like put out on his YouTube channel like a video of him and his friends
2: talking about what's
1: most important, and they landed on I the money. I was
2: just <laughs> watching Amina Hassan talk about how, oh, he would have just stayed with the Timberwolves if they would have given him the max yesterday on the jump. And it's like... It wasn't, wasn't about the money. It wasn't about the championships. It was just about Jimmy Butler doing exactly what Jimmy Butler wanted to do. And that's great. That's fine. Sure. Like, he deserves Progative. to do that. But it's it's good to finally be able to call out BS on his BS. No, uh, Absolutely. And it's just, I mean,
1: all of his behavior, as I understand it in this, seems to be a, he really didn't understand how the collective bargaining agreement worked. Yeah. And how max contracts work and how all of this works. Like, I mean, it was... It was asinine in the first place to have you know requested them to rip up his old contract and renegotiate it for a max when it would have required gutting the roster and all the assets to have done so. Like, it, I mean, that was the that was the whole um, like the instigation of that when Gorgie Jang snapped at me on Twitter. That's right. Was I was just lay, I was literally laying out what the Wolves would have to do to be able to give Jimmy Butler a max contract. And it was dashing 19 million. I remember it because I had, <laughs> had that tweet put in my face a bunch, but it was like. You got famous from it. <laughs> so, in a really good way. Um, they would have had to dash 19 million dollars in, in salary. Yeah. To, to have done so, which would have been Gorgie Jang and more. Like, yeah. And that would have obviously, you know, that was what my tweet was. It would have, I, it would have cost multiple first round picks. And that was when Gorgie kind
2: of, Jang had four years left on his deal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's Jimmy Butler's world. We're all just living in it. <sighs> yeah. Um, all right, well, let's, let's let
1: the web continue to unfold. Like I said at the beginning, I just have a feeling that this is going to be one of those podcasts where like we go home and, uh, it's
2: like, Oh, great.
1: Well, that was <laughs> pointless. <laughs> I hope not. I appreciate, um, everyone for listening and, and following around, following along with, with all of this. If, if you want a more like bullet pointed out, uh, explanation of what, you know, what, why the D'Angelo Russell trade didn't go down in the, the specific logistics of the sign and trade. I, I wrote that up
2: last night and it's up at zone coverage. It's super easy to understand. You did a really good job of laying it out. It's not super easy to understand the, the way you laid it out. It's super easy to understand right. because it's a difficult concept. That no, And, it, and it, it's one. And, and in all honesty, I, I had
1: to, um, you know, in these past couple of weeks, like better yeah. inform myself of, well, oh, I should How clarify the sign and trade works. The
2: whole the concept isn't super easy to mm-hmm. understand. Your article lays it out in a way that's super easy to understand. That's what I was trying right. to say. Right. Right. And it's it's
1: it's just on that. It's not really any, you know, speculation or anything else going forward. It's just pointing out that Russell had to choose whatever the team was he was gonna to go to. He had to choose. And that's just like the one thing I really cause you know, you're getting a lot of questions on Twitter and you're just seeing things on Twitter. And if there's like two things I could let people know, it's that for a sign and trade to happen, the player has to choose. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing I wish I could tell people and they could hear is that DeAndre also cannot be traded to the Timberwolves now. <laughs> until because, the middle of December. Until the middle of December. At the earliest. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even hold your hope on that either. Like that's those are like the rules. And I I'm <laughs> I get it's complicated, but that's that's it. Mm-hmm. It's just it. Like now let, let it all play out. And if you hate the Timberwolves roster on October 1st, well, then Gerson Rosses is giving you, he said, assess the roster on October 1st. Like, yeah, you know, let's, let's see what it, let's see what it looks like then. And like I said, I mean, it might be bad. Mm-hmm. It might be bad. This might be a bad off season. We don't know. I don't know that yet. I don't feel comfortable in <laughs> giving it any, any sort of grade as it, as it sits right now, but it's, Man, it's
2: way more fun than um, Brandon Rush, Cole Aldrich, and Jordan Hill. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's one thing I was thinking about today is as you know, kind of deflating as it was at the end, it was a fun night. It was yeah. a fun night, day, the whole day. Right. As somebody who really roots for the Timberwolves' success, like it was a fun day. No, and,
1: and the whole NBA. Yeah. Oh,
2: like, yeah. It's
1: just all. It's crazy. It's, I mean, it, it, it's such a it's such a fun – if you are the type of person who wants to get into some of that minutiae, it's just like – it's just a really fun thing to dig into and think about, you know, the opportunity cost of every single move. Yep. It's really, it's really a fascinating thing and fascinating in basketball specifically because a team is so impacted by one player mm-hmm. because only five players are on the floor at a time. And so it's uh, – and just in the context of this NBA right now where – I don't know who's going to win the championship. <laughs> like – so out there so out there like it's not going to be the wolves <laughs> but like there's a lot of teams who are uh, who are you no know, in you know in contention for it and that just makes that makes the league more fun yeah absolutely all right so check out that article on on the site and I'll if if my prognostication of Andrew Wiggins <laughs> getting traded after we uh <laughs> after we turn off the mics happens I will write something up on that too and you can get <laughs> Get my get my opinions on that there, but I'm Dane Moore at Dane Moore NBA on Twitter. Charlie is at C Johns NBA, who wrote a really good thing on Jared Culver, breaking down a bunch of film on him. That's up at the site too. Yep. Should plug that. I forgot he's even on the Timberwolves because a <laughs> million different things. <laughs> well, have well, that's happened.
2: actually one of my notes I wrote down was not getting D'Angelo Russell makes the development of Okogie and Culver a lot more important.
1: Yes, that's it, a, and it already was. But yep, that's that's so. a good point. So check that out of Charlie there too, and then yep, just stay tuned to ZoneCoverage.com. I will be in vegas on friday for the um uh, first summer league game which is yep it's That's just coming <laughs> so uh yeah so stay tuned for all that and uh we'll be on top of whatever is to come or not come Till next time peace out